0: Heavenly Father, I just pray as we get into the second sermon here this morning that, uh, (laughs) Lord, help me be brief. Help me communicate what you want communicated today. Lord, I pray that we would hear, Holy Spirit, what it is that you want to download to our spirits, to our own hearts this morning. And Lord, I pray that we would be receptive and that we would be changed by your word be changed by your presence that is just apparently and obviously here, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, I do wanna say this. If you are uh, watching us on Facebook Live right now at this very moment, welcome. We're so glad that you can join us here online. You know, it, it doesn't completely replace being here with us physically, but it works in a pinch. And so we're glad that you could join us very much. And do us a favor, and, and, and maybe some of you here in this room want to do this as well. Uh, just click the little share button. Let people know that you're watching right now, and help us get the word out just about how amazing Jesus is. And then also, I want to thank our production team uh, who makes this worship gathering possible every single week. They also make it possible for others to view the message with us live on Facebook Live or watch it later on, watch the message later on YouTube or listen to it on our podcast. And you guys are serving so well, and I want to thank you very much for that. Uh, Last week, we talked about, we started this conversation about being a servant of all, and if you didn't get to hear it, you really need to. So I wanna encourage you, go back, siegechurchtn.com, messages, you can find it on there, you can watch it, you can listen to it, and, and get caught up. But we, we talked about three Greek words that the New Testament uses to describe serving or, or being a servant. And we, we came up, we came to this conclusion after looking at these Greek words that a servant is this, and we've got this up there on the screen. A servant is someone who makes a lifetime commitment to serve others' needs in such a way that magnifies Jesus, not themselves. Let's say that together. A servant is someone who makes a lifetime commitment to serve others' needs in such a way that magnifies Jesus, not themselves. Now, this isn't just some little cute, clever thing that I came up with or someone else came up with. This is drawn from the New Testament. This is drawn from the words of Jesus and from the words of Paul, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. And last week we read also in John chapter 13, where Jesus, he didn't just, he's serving the disciples by washing their feet, and he didn't just have the feels. He didn't just have like the Elton John moment, like, can you feel the love tonight? You know, it wasn't just about a Lion King thing. It wasn't just talking about. It wasn't just like, let's give them something to talk about. It was, hey, I'm going to show you how much I love you. And so what did he do? He lowered himself to the bottom rung, the very bottom rung, and he showed his disciples how much he loved them. He showed them. So today, I was going to talk about four things, but I'm going to talk about two things now. (laughs) I'm going to talk about two things that we can do, two decisions that we can make that will help us walk toward being a servant of all. The servant like Jesus was a servant, the servant that Jesus is calling us to be. The first one is this. This is the first decision. A servant puts service over status. A servant puts service over status. In other words, you're serving without any consideration uh, of your position or title. Sometimes I have these conversations with people, and they're waiting, I think, for the position. They're waiting for the title. They're waiting for the recognition in order to to then step out and serve. But that'd be like me saying, I'm the pastor. Um, Man, I... I don't do that. I don't do that kind of stuff. I'm the pastor. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, well, whoop do. doo There's some glass cleaner and some paper towels over there. Those doors over there need to be wiped down, Mr. Pastor. Okay? It's not about, it's not about a position or title. We've got to get out of that mentality of like, well, uh, this is who I am. No, Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest, then lower yourself to be the servant of all. Why is it important to maintain this attitude? Because if I had to guess, if you're anything like me, you've already got this proclivity to serve yourself pretty well. You're already pretty good at taking care of yourself. You've already got this gravitational pull kind of towards selfishness. Like, no one has to teach you that. No one has to teach you how to take care of yourself. We automatically do that. And so if you're not intentional about being a servant, then all you'll do ever is just live a selfish, narcissistic life. You'll be a navel gazer. Just look at me. Look at me. Just worried about me, myself, and I all the time. The Apostle Paul was talking to the church in Philippi. About this, about Jesus' way of doing things. And this is what he said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Now, can I just say this? That is exactly what our country needs right now. That is exactly what our society needs right now, is to stop thinking of ourselves. And being worried about our own selfish ambition or vain conceit, we Middle Tennessee would be a better place, you guys, if we would stop worrying about me and mine so much and would start looking for ways to serve each other. Paul continues. He says, "Don't look to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others." Now, listen. There's a there's a ditch here, okay? Because some people are like so concerned all the time with other people that then they, again, neglect themselves. And so there is such a thing called self-care. There is such a thing called rest. And so if you're way over in that ditch, you, know, like, you need to bring it back to the middle of the road, get in your lane, and serve others, but also realize, hey, if I'm not firing on all cylinders, I can't serve others well, okay? But that's not what the sermon's about, but that's just a little side note. I hope this, I hope when people in our community think about Seeds Church, I hope they think of a community of people that are so motivated by the love of Jesus that we are bound and determined to make a difference in the lives of others, and it's not just about who walks in our doors. It's not just about, you know, how many we can accumulate. No, no. Are we making the difference? Are we making a real difference in the lives of people by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us? Let's be a people that puts serving over status. Jesus wasn't about status. He lowered himself. That's the first decision that we can make. I'm going to give you this one, and then we'll go home. A second decision that we can make toward walking towards being a servant of all is a servant puts character over comfort. Listen, God is interested in the development of your character. He is interested in the development and your growth as a disciple of Jesus. This is, this is the process of this is called sanctification. That's a big $5 word there. I understand. But what this is, is it's the Holy Spirit working in you and through you to transform you into the likeness of Jesus. Now, I'll say this. It is a lot easier to not yield yourself to the Holy Spirit's work of sanctification in your life. It is a lot easier to not ever do anything to change yourself or grow as a disciple. It's easier. But God desires for us to grow up, to mature, and for our lives to bear the fruit that he always intended for us to bear. Good fruit is what, the, is what Paul said. Let me, let me tell you this. As a dad of three kids, I'm very interested in my kids' uh, personal growth. I'm very interested in their education. I'm very interested in their personal development and them being contributing members to society. And the scriptures make it clear that God is interested in you and I growing up and being faithful disciples. He's interested in you and I becoming contributing members of his kingdom. 1 Corinthians thirteen eleven says this. When I was a child... I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. In other words, it's time to grow up. It's time to put character over comfort. Some people just want to justify their childishness sometimes. (coughs) Grown people. Some people want to justify their own sin, and they say, Well, God just wants me happy. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. I think when you say, God just wants me happy, what I really think you mean is, God's okay with me running around doing whatever I want to do. And that ain't what the Bible says, honey. So bless your heart. You wanna talk about happiness and joy as it relates to what God wants? Let's do that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 for the joy set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross. So, what what did Jesus model for us? Jesus modeled for us that real happiness, real joy, real delight means laying our life down and serving other people. I think that I think we do ourselves a huge disservice. When we think that our happiness and then God's will for our life are mutually exclusive things. And the devil has tricked us into thinking, well, I choose happiness, I'll be happy, but then I won't be doing what God wants to do, you know, in my life. Or we think, well, I'll choose God's will for my life and just be miserable. But that's not the case. They're not mutually exclusive. They're inclusive. You will find that you are the happiest, that you are the most filled with joy, that you have the most peace in your life when you are following the Holy Spirit, when you are smack dab right in the middle of God's will. Not when you're running around doing your own thing, trying to fulfill every whim. Let me say this. Sometimes we confuse happiness also and, and peace, we confuse these things with the absence of problems or with the absence of difficult circumstances. But that's, that's really, that's not life. You can have joy, you can have peace in the middle of difficult circumstances. Yeah. Jesus never promised us a, a problem-free life. But what the scripture tells us is that we can do anything. We can overcome anything. We can endure anything. We can go through anything through the power that we find in following Jesus. Listen, the pathway to real happiness is through holiness. But that doesn't mean it's always gonna be easy street. Listen, if you let the Holy Spirit mold your character it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes. It's going to be inconvenient sometimes. It's not always going to feel fun. And it definitely, definitely does not reflect the world's definition of happy. If I were to go to my kids and say, I just want you to be happy. What would make you happy? they would say, Dad, we just want to sleep in. Skip school. Okay, if that's what would make you happy, then that's what we'll do. Are you kidding me? That's not what I would say to my kids. I say, get your hind in, up out of bed, make your bed, get ready for school, get to school on time and do the very best that you can to make the best grades that you can. Why, because I'm not interested in their happiness? No, no, that's not why. I'm interested in them having a good future. I'm interested in their character development. I want them to forego the fleeting temporary kind of happiness and exchange that for something that's going to last long and be far more fulfilling. I'm interested in the character development of my children, and God is interested in our character development. Sometimes on the service, serving is not always fun, it's not always convenient, it's not always comfortable. In the parable that Jesus told the good Samaritan, the good Samaritan didn't stop to take care of his enemy because it was fun and convenient. It was not the fun and convenient thing to do, but it was the right thing to do. Let's look at that real quick. We're wrapping it up, I promise. We've got the orchestra playing in the background. there. <laughs> Luke chapter 10, verse 30. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, Jesus saying, hey, this is good news. A priest came by. Oh, but wait. On his way down the road, he saw the guy and then he crossed the road. So he didn't even really have to face him. He saw him. And he says, before I even get to that guy, I'm crossing over here so I can basically ignore him. Then a Levite, pri- uh, a, Levite a religious man, showed up. He also avoided the injured man. And then a Samaritan traveling the road came onto him. Now, if you didn't know this, there's some major tension between these two people groups, between Samaritans and Jews. Jews looked at Samaritans like they were half-breeds, that they, they, they were like, like half-Jewish, but then like half, uh, um, like, heathen. And, and so for the Jews, these, these are like, you Samaritans, I, I don't want anything to do with you. You're a second-class citizen. And the Samaritans knew this, but this Samaritan guy, he came on, and Jesus said, hey, it doesn't matter what your differences are. You still serve. And He says, when he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him and he gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn and made him comfortable. I mean, this is next level, y'all. This is not like, oh, there's a guy beat up. I'm gonna just give him $5. This is like next level. And he says, to the innkeeper, he gave him two silver coins and he said, Take good care of him if it costs any more than this. Put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. He's just saying, Hey, I'm not just a one and done guy. I'm really concerned. I'm invested. I'm not just going to hand the money and then run away. Like, I want to see this guy restored. And so I'm going to do whatever it costs to see him restored. And Jesus said, What do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? Well, the one who treated him kindly. The religion scholar responded, and Jesus said, "Yes. Go talk to Austin about serving and seeds kids. <laughs> yes, yeah, sign up for the production team. Yes, yeah, sign up for the host team. That's the J.D. Swilly par- paraphrase. You won't find that one. It's not on U version yet." Uh, But Jesus said, go and do the same. Austin said that Jesus told us to go and serve when he was on the cross. It was even before that. Even before that, here in this parable, he's empowering us to be like him, to go and do the same. Dr. King had some commentary on this story once. And he said the the priest and the Levite asked the wrong question. He said they asked themselves the question if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? That's the the question going on in their inner monologue. Like, how is this going to inconvenience me? Now I have to say this thank God that Jesus didn't have that attitude toward us, right? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is the good Samaritan. When we're beat up, when we're estranged from him, when we've been left dead, Jesus is the good Samaritan. And he comes, and he's not just a one and done. He's invested in us. The Jesus question for us to ask is, if I don't stop to help this man, what will happen to him? Put yourselves In the shoe, someone else who's hurting. Someone else who's broken. Someone else who's in need. You can be Jesus to that person. Jesus put character over comfort. And he modeled that for me. And so I'm going to put character and comfort. And it's not begrudgingly, but it's with a happy heart that I get to follow the Lord. Austin was touching on this a second ago. We don't serve to gain favor from God. We serve because we've already gained favor from God. I'm not serving because I have to. I serve because I get to. Let me tell you, I'm so proud of this church. Yesterday was amazing. It was amazing how we served our community at Blackman high school and at, at the car wash and at the car wash. Oh, sorry. It's supposed to be a serious moment. And, and at the, the, the prayer teams that went out and at the gap house of prayer, helping, their, helping them with their facility and their property and uh, at stepping stones. I'm proud of you. And I think Jesus looked down on yesterday and he smiles. And he says, that's my people putting character over comfort, giving away their Saturday morning in the hot sun. I think Jesus likes our Sunday morning gatherings. I think he likes our Wednesday prayer m- meetings. I think he likes our singing. But I think he loves when we reflect his character in nature and we lower ourselves and we serve. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the Good Samaritan. That you've picked us up when we were left for dead on the side of the road. And you brought healing to us. And you bring purpose to us. So, Jesus. Our prayer to you today is to work through us to do the same to others. Help us go and do the same. Would you stand with me? Every week, very intentional about giving people an opportunity to respond to Jesus. And if you're here today and you'd say, if you and I were to talk, and you might say something like, J.D., I feel far from God. I'm carrying my guilt and shame. I want to let you know, you don't have to leave here today with that same feeling. You can leave here today knowing that you're right with God because of who Jesus is and what he has done. And if you want to today, I want to invite you to pray with me to get things right between you and God to call on the name of Jesus, to sign up and say yes, I'm tired of doing it my own way, I'm ready to serve the Lord because he first served me. I'm ready to love him and love others because he first loved me. You can just pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for your forgiveness. And I repent for living life without you. God, I didn't even know I didn't even know I was doing wrong, but I see now there's something drawing me to you. There's something highlighting this this situation that I'm in, that I'm far from you, and, and God, I don't wanna be that way anymore. I wanna come close to you. I want whatever's between me and you to be gone. And so I ask you right now to remove that. I don't have the power to remove it, but Jesus, you have the power to remove it, so I ask you to remove it, I give my life to you. I declare that you are Lord, that you are the boss of my life, that you are the son of God, that God raised you from the dead. And I want to live for you for all the days of my life. I want you to use me to make a difference. I want you to change my life. I want you to heal my life. I want you to help me be an overcomer and get up off the mat. And I receive your forgiveness in your love, and I thank you that you've washed me clean. In Jesus' name, amen.